Welcome to the i3 podcast. My name remains Kyle Guta. We want to make your leadership journey simple and your experience beautiful. Now, one of the things which we're trying to do in uh, the i3 leadership podcast is to ensure that we give you the tools and techniques and templates of world-class thinkers and what they've done so that they could achieve the kind of results that they've achieved. Now, in the last um, six episodes, this is seventh one we're coming today, we've given questions that all world-class thinkers, different world-class thinkers have asked. And I'm thinking that if you combine these questions together, you will find out in a strange way that you would also begin to think like them. Now, it could mean different scenarios, different situations, different contexts, but the answers, the things will still be rather the same way. And that's one reason why I am thinking that one of the best things that can happen to you is for you to continually follow the I3L podcast. Because as you follow us, we get the thinking of world-class leaders in your mobile virtually every week to help you in your leadership journey. So in this week, we're asking the response question. What would a great leader do? What would a great leader do? You know, there are many situations that people face. Someone say we may be facing different situations, but the contexts are almost always different. But the response will now be, what would a great leader do in this kind of situation? Now, this question was given to me when I attended the opening session of the 2010 Willow Creek Global Leadership Summit. And Bill Harbers went back to the basics and asked, what do leaders do? What are the fundamentals of leadership? Rather than delving into the new leadership theory or territory, Harbers decided to go back to the drawing board and give us some insight on the basics of leadership. Harbers, who is a brilliant student of leadership, went on to give the following four answers to these questions. So in that quest, I think for me, that is how I would look at how great leaders actually work, how great leaders actually work. So when Hybers thought about it, what were the things he did? Number one, he said, leaders move people from here to there. The first step play is not to make there sound phenomenal, but the first play is to make here sound horrific and intolerable. So, you know, most times people think about the fact that I want to move people from here to there. And the first thing you're thinking about is to make there very beautiful instead of making here rather horrific and intolerable. So if you make here intolerable, then people become dissatisfied and they don't want to stay here any longer. Then you cannot give them a vision of there. Do you understand? So you make here uncomfortable. You ensure that here is not a place desirable again. Then you cannot give them a vision of a there. So let us move people from here to there. So that's what I think about how, how Bill Herbers defined this. So we must build a strong case for why we must not stay where we are and that staying where we are presently will be disastrous to us. So leadership is all about ensuring to uh, communicating to people that where you presently are is not the place where you should put your anchors. 
that your anchors must be kept and your sight must be kept somewhere different. So leadership is all about, you know what? This place we are presently is not a promised land. And this is not good enough. We must paint pictures of where we are that is not good enough. And we must now begin to paint pictures of what we're going to that is better. It's a better place. Then we cannot get there. The second thing is for leaders to do is to identify fantastic people. He called them fantastic people. I call them vision enablers. I call them vision enablers. Now, I call them vision enablers because of the fact that they enable people. Leaders need vision enablers to be able to, to enable their vision. No matter what vision a leader has, he needs fantastic people to be able to drive them. He needs people to be able to carry it out. And those people, in my opinion, are called vision enablers. I have a lot of them in none of profit I run. And one of the things that have come out is the fact that if you are blessed with vision enablers, you will find out that your vision will become easy to be fulfilled. He called them vision, fantastic people. I call them what? Vision enablers. Now, he also said number three things that leaders must create mile markers and celebrations. Now, in a marathon, it's not the first few miles that it's a struggle. It's easy to get off a good start. It's not even the last few miles that can be as challenging because once you see the finish line, then you now know that the end is inside. What's really difficult is when you have left the shore and you have not gotten to your destination. Now, that's where I think you now need mile markers and you now need people to help you. You've not seen your destination, but you have left shore. Now, you now need people to be able to do things for you, to keep the vision alive, to keep hope alive, to keep hope burning. It is that the end is not too far. The darkness may be, may be deep, but the end is not too far. Now, these things are very, very important for leadership. They're very, very important for leadership. The hardest part of a journey is at the long miles in between when you have left the shore, but you have not arrived at the destination. I mean, if you're running the race, when you see the end, you probably just look at it that you would go on, you would go on. But if you have not seen the end, what happens to you? You virtually struggle. So in my opinion, what leaders should do is that, you know what? You must look for people that would give you celebration that can create mile markers on your journey. Now, finally, he said leaders need to hear whispers from God because he runs a faith-based organization. In the present circumstances, we need to have leadership that probably would hear whispers and say, okay, you know what? You're on the right path. Now, in not faith-based world, we need to be able to hear inspirational things, leaders that can see inspiration from everything that we're doing. Even when there's virtually no hope, they can still bring out inspiration from what they're doing. I think one of the examples I probably will use in this case was the story of Martin Luther who went to visit Martin Gandhi's house just to know what a great leader would do. You know, Martin Gandhi led the Indian Revolution against the British Empire. Martin Luther wanted to lead the black man away from, not from slavery, but from being a second-class citizen in America. So you know what? He went to Mataman Gandhi and would ask, what would Mataman Gandhi do? Now, if you look back, the same thing happened when Nelson Mandela wanted to lead the black man out of apartheid South Africa. He went to study Martin Luther. He studied Mataman Gandhi. So when I look back and I ask people who are going through struggles, national struggles, race struggles, I would ask, have you studied the Mataman Gandhi? Have you studied the Martin Luther? Have you studied the Nelson Mandela? What would the great leaders do? So if you're looking about emancipation, you probably have to study those leaders. If you're looking for 
business success out of nothing, creating great businesses. They probably will have to study people like Jeff Bezos. You have to study people like Steve Jobs. What did Steve Jobs do when he was booted out of Apple? How did he come back? How did he build a trillion dollar organization out of nothing, out of the struggles, out of the relics of the past? Now, those are the things that would help you be able to fake the same thing. Now, a long time ago, I have a friend who studied history. He said, when I said history does not repeat itself, he said, he said similar events in history always repeat itself. That's the right word, that similar events in history always repeat itself. So in that context, and I look at it that, okay, if similar events in history always repeat itself, now the question is that, how did people at similar times, those similar events, how did they respond? If I get their responses, then I probably would be able to become a great leader. Because you see, ultimately, when leaders face circumstances which are similar to what other leaders have faced, then you probably will have to win with the same kind of the same kind of formula that they use to win. So what would a great leader do is the respond question. Whatever situation you're going through, if you're battling a new company, what would a great leader do? If you're battling a failing company, what would a great leader do? If you're battling a dysfunctional company, what would a great leader do? Or if you're ever running a great company that is performing excellently well, what would a great leader do? I remember the story of Intel and um, Clay Christensen. When Clay was called to come to Intel to give them an advice of how to win because Intel was facing their first competition in AMD. So what did Clay do? Clay was trying to give that situation in the innovative solution. He was trying to give them a formula of this one, how people react. And the group just stopped him and said, you know what? Okay, I have the question now. I'm going to come with Celeron. And that was the end. And so what Intel did was that they used Celeron to attack the low end of the market. And it made sure that no other company could come and attack Intel at the upper end. What would a great leader do? I think if you want to be exceptional in your organization, you have to ask yourself, what would a great leader do? So if you are faced with institutional change, what would a great leader do? If you are faced with volatility, what would a great leader do? If you are faced with uncertainty, what would a great leader do? If you are faced with complexity, what would a great leader do? If you are faced with ambiguity, what would a great leader do? If you are faced with betrayal, what would a great leader do? If you are faced with any kind of situation, what would a great leader do? If you understand this, then I think you would be on the roadmap to becoming an exceptional leader, which is our goal, which is our goal in the I3O podcast, which is our goal. You must understand what would a great leader do? What would a great leader do? That was a question that Bill Hybers put forward. And that's a question I'm asking that you also put in your mind that if you want to respond to issues, complex issues, just ask yourself, what would a great leader do? In this field, what would a great leader do? So if you're trying to like I said, trying to build a new organization, what would a great leader do? Go and ask, what did the great leaders do? What did they do when they wanted to build organizations? Just have fundamental things. Get the fundamentals right and we would always win. What would a great leader do? So if you understand what exceptional leaders have done, then you would excel. One of the things that exceptional leaders do is that they do not seek to lead, but they are uncomfortable with the status quo. And they want to make changes. So all exceptional leaders are almost always uncomfortable with the status quo. They do not accept the status quo as the total and final reality as unchangeable. They believe that they can be better tomorrow. And like I said, they move you from here to there. But they always start by making sure that here is such, so much uncomfortable so that there could be beautiful. 
And that is where they always, always start from. So when you want to become an exceptional leader, you must always be positionally or situationally dissatisfied with where you are, your present situation, and so that you can lead people to a more desirable and beautiful future. What would a great leader do? That's the response question. What would a great leader do? What would a great leader do? How would a great leader respond to those things? That is the question number seven that all exceptional leaders always do to make sure that they become a great, great leader. That's one thing you can also do that it will reduce your leadership journey. Trust me, it will make your leadership journey beautiful. It will make you look like a genius because that's what they would do. Martin Luther studied Mahatma Gandhi. Nelson Mandela studied Martin Luther and Mahatma Gandhi. So if you want to lead your people out of a disadvantage, you have to go to study them. If you have not studied this one, then you probably will not get the lessons that they've learned and how they've been able to win in such complex times. They also had complex structural complexities that they faced and they also still won. So you've got to find how they also won. So that's how I'm going to end the I3O podcast today. What would a great leader do? The response question. So when you're going through any situation, any kind of situation, any kind of volatile situation, complex situation, or certain situation, ambiguous situation, just ask yourself, what would a great leader do? And if you know what a great leader would do, just ask, who are the great leaders who have been able to do those things, have been able to conquer in those fields? Once you know them, once study what they did, once you study what they did, just do them. I remember many, many years ago when I had the first opportunity of running a big organization. I mean, I had never run the kind of organization before. And all of a sudden, I was running a faith-based organization that had 1,200 membership. And it was crazy because I had never even led. Okay, I wouldn't say I've not led. Maybe I led in the university. I was just new to the organization. So what I did was this. I went to read Good to Great by Jim Collins. And I read Good to Great. And I just implemented everything he did because the organization was good. So I wanted to move it from good to great. So I said, okay, you know what? What are the frameworks? What are the things Jim Collins said? Okay, put these people in places, do this, do that, do that. And I did that and it almost looked like if I was a genius. And I'm not a genius. I just asked myself, what would they really do? I read the works of Jim Collins and I just implemented what he did. And that was all. And I was successful. Now, I also think that you can also be successful where you are and you can also get good results where you are. If you just know what would a great leader do. Wow. We've come to the end of another beautiful edition of i3 podcast. Like I said, if you enjoyed it, always make sure you subscribe. If you subscribe on the iTunes, on Playerbox, on Castbox, on Player FM, and make sure that you join us. And you can also tell your friends, your colleagues, your people that you report to you so that they can also become greater leaders and better leaders and exceptional leadership is a dream. And our organization, and including the society, will become better. Because if the leader gets better, the society gets better. God bless you. See you next week for the concluding part of the eight questions that all exceptional leaders will always ask. And that will be the question from Kyle Deputa. God bless you.